following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. The following is a presentation of financial crisis recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Cover Your Assets. My name is Todd Rooker. I am your guide through this uh, mysterious world of money, finance, and uh, maybe hopefully success at whatever level you deem that to be. I am blessed to have an intelligent guy, Evan, who is uh, a producer and, and uh, oftentimes is my uh, co-pilot on these things. And it's uh, great to have intelligent people to talk back with just because it's scary when you're all by yourself. Well, that's true. And, you know, I felt bad because I didn't get to have any fun doing Minnesota Home Talk today because we had a last minute best of kit. Uh, uh, Mike Overson's kid was sick last night. And so we did the best of show and I just was hankering to get on the air. Which is to say we are live. Live. We Indeed. are live. We are live. So, you know, as I was listening uh, coming in, uh, I was listening to, even though it was a best of with Jason and Mike, uh, I thought uh, I listened to a guy talk about investment real estate. When should you buy it? How should you buy it? What should you be looking for? And all that kind of stuff. And Jason's response was, well, everybody has different goals. And my thought in that was, well, there, there are times when that's true. And so those times are where that person is in their lifetime uh, path, meaning that are they in the accumulation stage or are they in the drawdown stage? And my sense is that the reason people often have different goals is because they've simply heard that they should have a particular goal rather than understanding all the things that they should actually be looking for. So that can be useful and that can be problematic at the same time. Well, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And one of the big things about a program like this is broadening your scope. Very Sometimes good. the goal is real specific. Yeah. I just want to have a house in Maple Grove right. or whatever. Right. Whereas with, if you think about it more broadly, it might be, I want to diversify my asset portfolio or yes, whatever. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. and 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 so much of it, as uh, we were talking, Evan and I, just before we went on the air, to my, I guess my lifetime education of learning this, because it did, it took me a long time because I didn't really understand how differently people can think, but it is about your mindset. It is so much. And in, on the show, I, I strive to teach people about the numbers and the things that they should be focused on, or at least looking for, uh, not just in real estate, but in every aspect of money and business. But it comes down to their mindset and whether they're open to it or not. And oh, yeah. That's big. I mean, that's big. So I told Evan, uh, you know, I had two meetings in this last week with two very younger men who are, and I'm not going to say they're young because there's probably people out here listening that are younger than this, but they are young as compared with their station in life when you look at where others are. So one of them, 
uh, you've heard me speak of in the past, and that's Dan, uh, Daniel Felt, who owns Cura Home. And Cura Home is a business that I have watched from the time that I've known him, and I think it's less than five years, go from him and one other guy to expanding to not only growing tremendously here in Minnesota, but expanding to five states with his business. And the guy is 32 years old. Unbelievable. And the mind and the way that this young 32-year-old thinks. Then I also met with him. I met with him, uh, by the way, this week because he wants to buy uh, homes in Florida. And not just home, a home in Florida, like for a lot of people, mindset I'm illustrating here, who just want to buy a VRBO in Florida because they really want a home in Florida, so they want somebody else to pay for it. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. But Daniel immediately jumps to, I want to find a home, do it once, and then and then either buy a package right from the very beginning or buy several of them. That's his mindset. That's his scalable mindset. And so then I met with a gentleman named Josh. We'll leave it at that for, for the moment. Josh owns a roofing company, and the goal of that roofing company is nearly $8 million in sales in the next year. He is 30 years of age, and when I look at his pro forma, based on what he's done in the past, where he is now, and where he expects to go, it is entirely reasonable that he's actually going to do this. And Though, I mean, let's let's put some context here. $8 million in sales, depending on what business you work in, might not sound like that much, right? Depending. <laughs> Depending, right? You know, and to some people, they're going, "Oh my god!" Uh, roofing. I would say the average roofing job in the Twin Cities is about twenty to twenty-five grand these days. That's probably true. Maybe, you know, plus well, or ma- minus maybe, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right around there. Um, yep. You're talking about a lot of work. Yes, you are. Yes, a you lot are. And so, and and with what what Evan has just said, because he's right. I meet with business owners who are willing to pay me my 300 bucks an hour. They have not attained a million dollars, and many of them have been in business for 20 and 30 years. So, 30 years old? Um, and, and, you know, both of them want to build their companies or build their net worth into the hundreds of millions of dollars. And here's the thing. Unlike somebody who says they, they want to be a millionaire because they're hoping to win the lottery, these are people who have very specific and technical financials to prove to you where they are, where they've been, and where they're going. And they know these financials. Remember that? Know your numbers, know your numbers. They know them like breathing. And it's they, they represent such a contrast to others that you have to say, okay, what makes these people different? And the only thing that I can come up with in all my years of working with and you know, uh, coalescing with these people is the mindset, the differentiating way that they look at the world. They also eat Wheaties for well, breakfast. Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's it. There's a plug for Wheaties yeah, for sure. sure. Um, and, and, you know, the question is, where do they get it? Because it does, I believe, take an enormous amount of confidence just to enable yourself to think in those terms, especially at such an early age. It really does. You know, and anybody can have grandiose ideas, but to really show that you have come from here to fro and you're only this age, it's stellar, really. 
Well, you know, I th- I think we've talked about this on the air before. I know I've talked about this off air with Jason and Mike many times. It seems like one of the things that I notice that the three of you and other hyper successful people I know have in common is just this kind of insatiable farm boy worker drive. You know what I mean? Uh, you you grew up through the farm crisis in the eighties. And, you know, maybe this isn't as true these days. Maybe there are other sorts of backgrounds that lead into the same sort of thing. But it's like failure is not an option. The work must be done. And also, this is my weird correlation. It's not eating Wheaties. That's the (laughs) glib joke. One thing I've noticed among hyper-successful people is that they just naturally want to get up in the morning. They get up really early. I get texts from you really early. I get texts from Jason and Mike really early. I blame I blame my own lack of hyper success on the fact that I like to sleep in. I value that more than I value getting up to get started on work early. And that's like that's where that mentality starts. That's the tip of the iceberg is I could be doing work right now. Get out of bed. It's let's go. Let's wow. go. Wow. You know what? I don't disagree at all. I mean, so, you know, I, I, you know, by the time, if I have a client who shows up at eight o'clock, I ask them if they would like a cup of coffee and I tell them, I'll see if we have any left because we get up at five o'clock every morning, Yep, every morning, you know, and it is, it was my, my, you know, on the farm, (laughs) let me just say that there were times that I did things as a young man that caused me not to want to get up in the morning. <laughs> and 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 the and the option of of not getting up was dispelled very quickly when they dumped a bucket of water on my on my head. My old man was great for this. He loved when I didn't get up because that's exactly what he would do. And so there was no not get up. And then I went into the military and I'll just tell you that in the area that I was in the military, you went without sleep continuously. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing because I've, I've learned in my elder life that that's not a good thing, but you do become accustomed to that. And every, every moment of every day, you're thinking, what have I accomplished thus far? You know, what I've, I've got to get this day can't go by and I, and I have to get these things done. And you're right. And I see that in Jason and I see that in Mike as well. And I'm sure there's many others. So. That that was I think that's I think that's interesting that you pulled that out because I cannot disagree with that at all. Um, and and these two guys, huh, Daniel Felt grew up on a farm as well, and uh, this Josh, I don't know enough about his background, but the fact that he get that he if if you told me he gets up early in the morning, it wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, I almost would expect it with this little conversation we've had here. So you're right. I I think I. It, it just makes sense, right? It goes hand in glove. Even if you didn't grow up on a farm and have the work before dawn and all right, that kind right, of stuff, right. there's still that that mentality that comes from a high, high drive about the work and success yep. that leads to, I, th- I think that it wouldn't be unfair to say that you guys all have some variant of when you wake up in the morning, you're already categorizing what needs to happen. Yep. You know, I know that Jason is able to turn it off and is able to spend time with his family at the end of the day and so on. But that's because the day isn't ahead of him. Right. I, I have the strong suspicion that if Jason was sitting here, he would say the first thing he's doing in the morning is thinking about, okay, so what are the first five things I've got on my docket for the day? You know what I mean? There's he's, no question he's about He's rolling it. into it. I know you do that. And I think everybody does it to some degree. But like for me, I wake up and the first thing I think is, 
Uh, <laughs> it happened again. I woke up. Oh, no. Uh, and, and, you know, it's fine. Well, um, I, I got to say something. That's impressive to me that Jason is able to turn it off. You are right. I mean, if I call Jason after 5 o'clock and he answers the phone, I am just glorified that he's actually done it yeah. because he does make it a point to spend time with his family. But here's the thing. I often don't answer his phone when he calls me in the morning because I try to work out early in the morning. Uh, but he'll call me at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning the next day. Like the sun in the morning, he will call me the next day. I could go through and categorize it. And I would say that probably about a third of the texts that I get from him on non-show days yep. happen before eight in the morning absolutely you know it's well before anyone's normal work day absolutely so those i mean those but here's another point about what we've just spent time on here and that is that working hard is an utter prerequisite to being successful but it is not enough that's the thing you can be a very hard worker and not be financially successful that's the thing. It is, I'll go back. You need the, you need the hard work. And I've said to clients and maybe here on the air that how many times have I been to a funeral where people in, in, you know, with tears running down their face will say, what a hard worker, what a hard worker this person was, ferociously hard worker, but they didn't succeed financially. And that's sad because part of it is maybe because they didn't understand or didn't believe that that was something that they should even strive to do. And believe me, I am not diminishing the value of a human being who does not succeed financially. Not at all. God love those people. I mean that sincerely. But they weren't, they didn't know or weren't taught that they should look at some things and just work hard, but be smart. And so you have to have hard work. And the irony is that realistically, if you have goals, even if you don't consider yourself a hard worker, but you are serious about expecting those goals to become reality, not hoping, but expecting, then to get there, there will be hard work along the way, but you won't even realize it because you're so focused on the end result that the work that it takes that you might say, I'm not a hard worker, but you'll do that hard work because all that is about is getting to where you expect, expect, expect to go. That's important. And these these people, for whatever reason, have embraced that part within them. And so I would say this, if you have any designs, if you're a young person, if you're sitting out there and you're you're under 20 years old or you're 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 just getting started in life, you've you've got to uh, be around other people who talk the same way, who help you overcome what society tells you, because society does not teach you to think these in these terms. That's important. And you know, there's something else. You know, we talk about farm farm people. Look, they're they're up in the morning, they're out in the barn, they're out working, and they're all by themselves, and they don't have the time to be influenced by others around them in the same way. They're out working yeah. all the time, yeah. and their thoughts are their own. And maybe there's something to that too, isn't it? I mean, don't you think, Evan? I, I think so. I, you know, we're, we're talking about hard work, and we're talking about goals. And I think that oftentimes those things don't go hand in hand. A lot of the people I know that work the hardest are working like in futility because yes. they don't have a real goal, and they've never really conceptualized a goal beyond well, 
I have a family or right. I want to have a family or whatever. It's a very small goal. Just want to pay the bills. Right. And so, you know, they have that drive and they have that ability to do more. But their goal is set so low that they're going to they're going to achieve that goal. Right. If if you're if you're a hard worker, you're a really valuable employee, but you're in that employee mindset, then, yeah, if your goal is to make a hundred grand a year, you're going to achieve it around the same time that the guy who has the goal of making ten million dollars a year is going to be making eight. Right. Thinking I'm almost there. Right. 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 And, and, And this leads us perfectly into what I want the show to be about. And that is that I think as an as an as a as a business. So the difference between earned income, working, toiling, making money to pay your bills and maybe giving yourself a little bit extra to be able to work with. What do you do with that? How do you turn that into wealth? This is my job. What is the business that I have on top of my job? See, if you don't know that that should be a thing in your mind, I just explained that it is and it should be. What do I do with that to create wealth? That's my business. My business isn't to enhance my lifestyle with more money than my than my earned income is. My business is to create wealth and stability for myself, my you know people I love, my family, but it's to create more. Whatever you deem to be more in your life, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how you can do that with real estate. We will be right back. Saturday mornings at 8, you'll have a chance to hear valuable advice from one of the top financial instructors in the state. Cover Your Assets is the show hosted by Todd Rooker. Every week, Todd shares his vast financial knowledge and extensive insights on how you can make small changes today that will lead to a better tomorrow. Todd has helped thousands of Minnesotans get to a better place financially. Listen to Todd Rooker as he hosts Cover Your Assets, Saturday mornings at 8 on Score North at 1500. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net 
or by simply calling 763-786-0639. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients, while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, folks. My name is Todd Rooker. I am your host of Cover Your Assets. I have with me Evan, my my uh, producer often, who sits in with me from time to time, and it is a, a wonderful thing to have his uh, feedback and, and his comments because they always are interesting and, and wonderful. So we we talked about the mindset that it takes to want to succeed at some level, whatever you deem that to be, but then how do I do that? How do I do that? For a lot of people, they're not going to start their own business. They're going to continue to toil in the jobs, whether they are hard workers or not. But what if you knew that the hard work and the, and the toiling and the striving had, had an end, had a, had a, a reason or a purpose behind it? Well, of course it has an end, Todd. I'm going to retire. <laughs> I'm going to die too. <laughs> that, that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to retire from this earth. Yeah. So, Real estate is a wonderful, uh, a wonderful business that can be done on a part-time basis. Now, it's not one of those set it and forget it, where you stick your money in a mutual fund or a bond or an index fund or a, or a stock, and you just sit around and, and check it from time to time. It's not that. It is more than that. It, it will take more than that. But it is something that legitimately, even if you're working 60 plus hours per week in your job, you can do this. And and the other thing that I'll say about this before you turn off your mind when you hear that, because for most people, they turn off immediately because they're thinking, I don't have the time to manage a property and deal with people's problems. You need to understand that I don't either. Uh, I've I've got. Uh, over 20 properties. They encompass, you know, 50 individual units and I don't manage any of them. And here's the other interesting thing. None of the people who are in my properties would even know who I am or know my face. That is important to understand. That should give you some sense that you can do this as a hands-off thing, not completely, but somewhat. And so my real point in saying all of it is that if you want to strive for wealth, then then real estate is a tremendous tool in everyone's arsenal should they choose to reach for it. Now, what's my sense of it? My sense is that everybody should. 
That's my sense. But the truth of the matter is, I'm really happy that they're not because I don't want people bidding against me on properties and then bid those properties up to the point where there's no profit margin in them anymore. Yeah, there's absolutely <laughs> a, a limit to how many people can be in the market. That's and have exactly it still be right. Sustainable. Exactly right. And you know that's funny because Evan and I were just talking about Florida, and Evan has a has a uh, supposition that there may be some type of implosion in Florida at some point. Well, I don't I don't know if I'd go that far, but. You know, demand at some point is going to be tempered by by the lack of supply. And yeah. by lack of supply, I mean, you know, right now, I'm an insurance professional outside of my work here at the radio station. And um, we do write in Florida. It's not really, you know, I don't write a lot in Florida, but our firm absolutely does, particularly high net worth clients. A lot of people have second or third homes in Florida. Yep. And the homeownership prices are skyrocketing there, both this, the things that you take on and the things that the insurance company takes on. We, we, uh, I, I have a client, we put an offer in on a property of $380,000. We knew it was a good deal. All right. Now that was the, that was the list price on that property in Florida. They, th- at the end of the week, they had so many offers. They said best and last end of next week. So two weeks from the time that we put the offer in. The offer that was accepted was $100,000 more than the list price. That price escalated that much that fast. Yeah, and that's that's huge. The The question with any sort of investment, right, right. is you don't want to be the last one out. Right. And that's, that is always the thing that I'm looking at. I'm a risk management specialist. You know, that's that's the thing that comes with insurance, right? So when I look at, at, at the situation... Uh, it's not just Florida. It's all of the Southeast. Um, rates are going up because of increased hurricane activity, increased amount of claims on roofs, that kind of stuff. The insurance companies have the numbers. They have their reasons for raising rates. You know, actuaries are are much more numbers people than I am. And you know, ultimately speaking, at some point the costs will become high enough. <laughs> that people will start going, you know, we were thinking Florida or Arizona, Florida or Arizona. Let's do Arizona. Well, you know, and you're right, because when the prices escalate to a certain degree, remember, there's always the financing component. And if people aren't living there, they're buying a house in addition to their home. They literally just the, the masses will be priced right out of it. Oh, yeah. You know, and and the you know, the the other thing to remember, folks, I have had an adage through my real estate investing career that I had never wanted to purchase property that I couldn't drive by and touch. So even if it's an hour away, I get to actually go there, drive by. Buy it, see it, and physically touch it. Should I want to do that? Because when you've got properties where the proximity is going to take a, an air flight or or an entire two days to get to in a car, look, you're not going to be doing that. And then you're dependent upon the management company. And by the time you figure out that things aren't going well, things will really not be going well. That's right. Be a little late. You're in that relationship of full trust. Then. Absolutely. You can no longer do the verify <laughs> part of trust, but verify. <laughs> exactly. But I, I do feel like we skipped over a step here because. We're talking about setting goals and growing your wealth. And it's like, it's easy to say, well, we want to have 30 houses and we want to invest in Florida or wherever. If you don't mind not being able to drive to it, or you're the kind of person that goes, well, I don't mind driving 16 hours. Of course, Florida's, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I'll just yeah. cannonball down there to check out properties once a month. Uh, you know, fine. But ultimately speaking, there's some intermediate steps here 
that you should be thinking about conceptualizing tons. about taking those next steps. Tons, tons, and and I and I'll say this um, one one point to leave this and then move on to what uh, Evan has just kind of uh, foreshadowed, um, and that is that during two thousand five to two thousand seven, I was told by all my real estate investing friends that I needed to get into. Arizona, Nevada, or Florida. And let me tell you, when the housing bubble burst, those were the places that were most quickly and dramatically affected. And so when you've got out-of-state ownership, think about it from your own perspective. If you own a home here in Minnesota or anywhere else in the country and another one in one of those states, if things get challenging you financially to the point where you can't make both of those payments, which one are you going to let go first? The one that you actually live in and reside in or the one that's the investment property? That ought to tell you everything you need to know about what happens in those states when things change economically. Well, and that's the other piece of it too talking about the 2008 financial crisis uh you know that we, we could record a 10-hour show on all the different factors that went into that but uh arizona is a great example you know the recovery here was fast right i i moved back here in uh 2010 2011 and things weren't back to normal you know uh reo listings were still on the regular at that point but Things were very clearly getting back to normal. Right. Things in Arizona, on the other hand, it took five more years for things to get Certainly. back to the, more, the more same dramatic state. impact, longer time to recover. Right. Makes exactly. It, no no there question. Was so much outside speculation. Right. So right. sometimes finding those untapped, more niche markets can uh, benefit you. No doubt. So I. So if we're going to look for a property, whether it be here or elsewhere, there are things that you need to be focused on and looking for, and as I say regularly, because I truly believe this, that I don't take risks. At least I don't take risks other than the world changes and starts turning a different direction. I mean, COVID is an example of that for what that that impact. And frankly, nobody can really anticipate things like that. They are all possible. Uh, And you you do need to have your go bag, meaning that you have to know what you're going to do when the world goes to crap tomorrow and what are you going to lose and what are you going to keep? I'm always focused on that. Maybe that's some of my military training, but when I you can anticipate it, you just can't anticipate when it will happen. Right, right. And so these are, and by the way, Evan is in the insurance business and insurance is, is, is a component to your arsenal when buying real estate that really covers the unanticipated components of, of life. And those are things you give that away. Those aren't things that you take on yourself because, frankly, you can't absorb them, or at least financially, it doesn't make sense to absorb them. So a consistent payment in the form of premium takes care of those major catastrophes, or at least some of them, uh, so that you don't have to take them on. But with that said, the numbers dictate everything. The numbers dictate everything, and for most people who buy investment property. They don't even know what the numbers are. They don't know what they should be looking for. So I'm going to tell you that. So the first thing you want to look for, which is the one that everybody looks for, and that is the cash flow. Now, when somebody says they have cash flow to me, it I, it, I don't I don't know 
what they're talking about. And and you might say, well, what are you, dense? You don't know what they're talking about. Well, Come on, look, Todd, you're a financial professional and you don't know what cash flow is? And, you know, and you know what? That's exactly, I get that. Yeah. I actually get that because I, I ask questions and they assume that I should just understand what that means. I do understand what cash flow means, but I don't know what you mean. Right, cash flow can mean 10 different things to 10 different people. That's it right. It's not like terms like the gross, the cum, Profit, net profit, actual profit, those sorts of terms have have well-defined meanings you're communicating with other business professionals. That's right. If someone tells me that they have cash flow on a property, I'm the same way. I go, okay, but what does that actually mean? Because does that mean you have cash flow after mortgage and PMI? Does that mean cash flow after mortgage and escrow and PMI? Does that mean you have cash flow after you also pay your management company? Does that mean you're tabulating your costs on the property that you have to pay out of pocket? Long term. Right, exactly. Have you you got vacancy built into that? Do you have vacancy built in? Do you have your actual maintenance? You know, if the we're in Minnesota, the insurance company is probably going to replace your roof, but if they don't, you should be budgeting for that. That's right. 20-ish grand, 25 Absolutely. grand. Absolutely. And, 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 and within those numbers, are you conservative or are you, uh, are you, uh, way under what they should be or you're just, you're, you're pinching pennies and you're telling me exactly what the cost is to the penny without building any fluff in there if, if things happen to change or you're wrong. So, you know, when you say you've got $200 in cash flow and you're the one who's managing the property, you have nothing built in for vacancy and the only numbers that you have built in for maintenance are minimal numbers where just the regular stuff going on are being covered. But if anything major like a water heater or something goes out, you don't have the money within the cash flow to cover it. So when you say cash flow to me, I need to look at the numbers to see if what if I believe that what what you're saying is real cash flow. I just don't like the term. I wish we would abolish cash flow <laughs> as a term. Because it, it just doesn't you know, you write it out and people are just going to interpret it the way that they think it needs to mean to make it work for them. Absolutely. And the other thing to recognize is that as as Jason Walgrave on his show Before Mine says, people have different goals. Well, I'm going to tell you that for most people, those goals are to get cash flow in the form of a few hundred bucks a month so that they can have more lifestyle and go and, go and qualify for a boat. Uh, that's $300 a month or help them make the payment on something else because all they're doing is trying to enhance their lifestyle. Then when those things happen, they don't have the money. Hence why the average real estate investor only lasts two years in the business. I'm hearing, I'm like, I'm going to be a prophet right now. I know what you're going to talk about next because whenever we talk about lifestyle and that next step, the real answer to achieve a real next goal is to Abolish that way of thinking and instead reinvest in the business because investing in real estate is a business. Right. So instead of taking those 400 extra dollars a month and going out and buying yourself a brand new pontoon boat, instead of what you should be thinking about is how can I turn that $400 a month into more money, a more money, a condo, a house. That's right. A my next one. That's exactly right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We've got Evan on here. I hope that he is asking and talking about some of the things that you would be saying if you were sitting next to me. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price, that is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a completely list of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Mike Overson here of Minnesota Home Talk. With today's housing market, buying a house is a competition. To win in a multiple offer situation, you have to work with a local lender who has the reputation of being 100% reliable. Come to the winning team. Get pre-approved for your loan by one of the top lenders in the nation, the Mike Overson Mortgage Team at Luminate Home Loans. We will help you win. Call me at 612 612- 202-8321. That's Mike Overson at 612-202-8321 or go to applywithmike.com. Sorry, get rid Tom of uh, here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227. 2711. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients, while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. 
For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back to Cover Your Assets, folks. I am your host with Evan, uh, my producer, former producer. Maybe he's going to be now my new co-host. I don't know. I'm just lurking. All oh, right. Just lurking. <laughs> I love that Sometimes word. Sometimes producer, <laughs> often advisor, always friend. Yes. I, I love that lurking word. <laughs> it just conjures up a whole number of thoughts in my mind. Uh, so, you know, I, I we were talking at the break. and We always have the best conversations at the break. Sorry, folks. Uh, but you know the the uh, you know one of the things that I that I brought up is that is that part of the challenge when any of us get started in life is that we tend to look at the home that we want to buy now now the the interesting thing that I've learned over time how many people there are in this country in this country who don't even strive to or believe that. They will own their own home. Now, you know, if you listen regularly, that I really think that's a minor issue. But to a lot of people, owning your own home is almost a dream and a vision that's beyond their grasp. And I have a hard time with that because this is the United States. I have a hard time with it, not because this is the United States, but because the the rhetoric that I see online. I spend a lot of time on social media, which is, I'm sure, terrible for me. But something I see time and time again coming up in discussions on Reddit is how unaffordable homes are in the Twin Cities. And it's just not true. Right. It's just not true. Right. Right. And I know I've ranted about this many times. If you if you are sitting there thinking that, you know, oh, we're we're talking rich people talk or whatever, uh, because the houses aren't affordable because their prices have gone up way, way past where inflation is. Right. And when when my parents bought their house, you know, all these things that you've heard, it is not the case. So in 1990, the average interest rate was just shy of 10.5% on a home mortgage. Yep. It was like 10.28. Yep. And of course, depending on the source you go to, but this is like, this is national data. Right. The average rate right now is a little less than 3.5. I know. At, le- at least shocking. last time I talked to Mike, it fluctuates, but still under 4 pretty reliably if you have good credit. Right. What that means for your payment is even though the house in St. Louis Park that your parents bought in 1990, if you account for inflation, is double the price that it should have been. You know, like it it should be two hundred thousand, and instead it's four hundred thousand. Well, the payment in line with inflation, one hundred percent. The payment that you'd be paying at that ten percent interest rate is exactly what it is now with that higher home price. Because now instead of paying the bank for the interest payments, you're paying into principal. So the idea that houses are so much less affordable now than they were 35 years ago is just completely false. It is a complete myth. And it just it, it, it's a self-fulfilling thing that if you believe you can't afford a home, well, it's true. You've convinced yourself and you're spending the money that's on the, that's, that's the mindset. You know, the first home that I, that I owned uh, was very inexpensive by today's standards. Uh, I think it was $120,000. My interest rate was 13.5% and my principal interest taxes and insurance payment was almost $1,500 a month. This is 35 years ago. Yep. More than that, probably. Yep. More than that. And, and a payment like that today, 
you know, in in we'll just ballpark insurance at one hundred twenty dollars a month or whatever. But you're looking at buying like a three hundred thousand dollar house plus exactly for that, no problem. So if that house has doubled in price uh, once and then one and a half times again, you're 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 talking about a house that is as affordable or or maybe more so than it ever was. So it is all about the mindset. It really is. But here's a point to be made about why people don't get where they want to be. Because one, they go to see a mortgage broker who tells them how much house they can afford. And you, you've got to understand something. There's nothing bad about a mortgage broker or a banker because at the end of the day, listen to what I'm saying, they are selling mortgages. They are selling them. That's how they make their money. That's in it. And if they're paid a salary and they're not getting commission, it's not the point because then that's how the bank makes their money. Yep. And so they are not bad people. They're in that business. How long is it going to take you to understand that if you ask a life insurance agent if you need life insurance, 99 out of 100 times, the answer is going to be yes. It doesn't make them a bad person. Todd, I sell life insurance, and I will tell you that you need life insurance. Call me. You yes. need life insurance. Yeah, but and, and it doesn't make them bad because that's the business they're in. And you have to vet that decision with a clear understanding of that. So when you go to buy a house, they tell you how much you can qualify for. And let me just tell you, I could spend hours on what you qualify for as compared with what it takes up of your, of your take-home pay. And you'd be shocked. But that's really not the point. The point is that people, when they buy a home that they live in, they see that as a reflection of who they are. So when they're walking through that home, determining if they should write a purchase agreement and buy this home, or even if they haven't even gotten that far and they're dreaming of home ownership, what they're dreaming of is bringing their family and friends into this property and it being a direct reflection of who they are, their level of success, uh, the type of person they are, all of those things being a direct reflection of them and that is what causes them to spend way more money than they should As a result, they don't have any money left over at the end of the month to put anywhere else. And so for the rest of their lives, they're chasing a bigger and better house and spending every dollar they can on their personal lifestyle and not having one single dollar left over to invest in anything else. And this can this can be to be clear. It is not just the size and quality of the house. This comes down to what communities people look at. You know, if you don't have kids, you should not be caring about what school district you're buying the house in. And yet, that's an important buying decision for a lot of buyers, even though they'll tell you, oh, we aren't going to have kids for four, five, six years. And the question then is, are you really going to be in the same house at that point? Absolutely. Should you be thinking you're going to be in the same house at that point if you're building wealth? I'll tell you that if, if I advised you and you were buying a home... I would tell you to be less focused on your consideration for how much this property will appreciate as compared with others in your area and be more focused on what the payment overall is as compared with what your take-home pay that you have to work with is. That's more important because when you put that other money to work in the form of leverage, it will more than make up for that little bit of difference that you're, you're infinitely more concerned with if you're an average person. So really be conscious that... The, the cash flow where everybody thinks is the most important most often isn't necessarily the most important, but it is in so much as you got to have enough cash flow to cover all those things. So if you do buy an investment property, you're not continually pulling more money out of your pocket to support that property. Listen to this 
being paid by someone else's dollars. They're buying you an asset. And so if you put that 20% down, your goal is that you're done and someone else is buying you an asset. So that's, that's that. The second component of, of making money in investment real estate is the appreciation. Now, mind you, when you own your own home, you're really not seeing so-called appreciation. You're simply seeing inflation affecting the purchasing power of a house because most people, until they get to a, a significantly more adjusted age, as in not even just retirement, but generally when they're scaling back and they've already retired, then they might want to go from the house that they raised their family in to a smaller one. But until that time, the house that you live in is nothing more than a cost and it's really not that different than if you were renting. Now granted you are building equity in the home and now you own it and that's all true, but that that cost continues. And when I make the point that a liability is something that costs me money and an asset is something that makes me money, stand on that for the rest of your life. That point right there. Even if I don't have a mortgage on my home, I still have property taxes, I still have insurance, and I still have the ongoing maintenance. So if that is true, what is the house that you live in? Is it a liability, cost me money, or is it an asset that makes me money? Pretty simple, isn't it? So the the value of property going up, when someone else is paying for all of those things, you're not paying property taxes in your investment property. Your tenant is. You're not paying insurance. You're not paying maintenance. You're not paying interest on the debt if there is a mortgage on it. They are. When that happens, meaning the value goes up, now you actually are seeing appreciation because you're never going to live in this house and you're not paying $1 to enable that to happen. So that's a different thing and that's important. So that's the second component. Let's take another break. I'll come back and cover the last one. These are the things you want to be looking for. And then if time allows, I'll give you a few other nuggets that are worthwhile. We'll be right back. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixauto.com. 
www.fixautosusa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at at Kim at KimNibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, folks. <clears throat> so, 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 so. Boy, oh boy, Evan just unloaded something on me. Uh, about I just blew Todd's mind. On insurance. So, you know, you know, I, I, I said um, this, the insurance industry basically raping people who are making good money and it becoming such a major component within your decision making and your vetting and your profitability of a company is, or, or a, a property rather, forgive me, uh, is the cost of insurance. Well, it can uh, be both. But I had no idea. All right. So, you know, I, I was telling him a story about one of my clients who is in who is in the hemp business in in another state where it is legal in the state, but not federally legal. And the local banks know how profitable the business is. And as a result, listen to this, folks. They charge people in that business 10 percent on every dollar that they put into the bank. You would think that is criminal. And they do. And they do. And the CPA firms who work with them, you know, the last one we talked to on the phone wanted a $20,000 deposit to take our client on because they specialize in the hemp business. Whoa. So listen, you think that's bad? You think that's crazy? <clears throat> so I said, man, 83% in one year. And, and, and Evan said, you know, that number is somewhat retarded because it's not actually a, a, the true number for the full year. <clears throat> but then he went on to tell me a story about an NHL player. You got to unload that one. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have a client who's a, you know, he's a professional athlete, uh, you know, and he, he was moving from here in the Midwest down to Florida. And the house that that they were looking at moving into is a rebuild cost of somewhere around one point five million. Sports athlete, you know, obviously right. that's some money to throw around. Lifestyle is important. Um, I, I know that the valuation was north of one million, less than two million, and of course this is going to vary company by company. But the the cheapest rate that we had found for the house at the time that I was in the office was seventy eight grand a year, which is oh. going to be somewhere between you know eight and. Five percent of rebuild cost, which to put that in context, you know, think about uh, a house that a regular non-sports athlete is going to live in. You know, you're you're talking about a five hundred thousand dollar house, and you're talking about a home insurance premium somewhere around twenty to thirty grand, and that is what I'm talking about when I say I would be cautious about investing in Florida I mean, right now, because if your insurance premiums go up that much, all of a sudden you go from from cash flowing on the right, property this right. phrase that nobody knows what it means to being very clearly everyone will agree who cares if you don't have a mortgage flowing. who cares if you don't have a mortgage <laughs> i mean you know so um and the last component is internal rate of return or internal equity increases are forgive me not are for uh principal pay down forgive me forgive me forgive me the third thing you're looking for is that the loan is being paid down now this is a static thing because you're making payments with the tenant's money every single month and a component the vast majority 
majority in the beginning is going to be going to interest. But there is a piece of it that's going to principal. <clears throat> and so every month you're actually decreasing the amount that you owe and, and, and paying down principal. So when you think about those three things, one, cash flow, two, internal rate of return or equity increases, and three, principal pay down, those are the things that you're looking for. And mind you, with that third component, if all you did was simply keep the property in its current form so that it is not a, a diminishing valued asset because you're, you're, there's not proper maintenance being done, and that property maintained its value relative to inflation, well, I got to tell you, based on housing numbers of the past, that property is going to be worth twice what you paid for it in 15 to 20 years. And your principal is being paid down to the point where in, in, in a period of time, that property will be owned and worth twice as much as, as it was, as was paid for. So if that alone, the first two of them, cash flow and internal rate of return, cash flow was simply enough to cover the costs and internal rate of return was nothing more than keeping pace with inflation. And that principal was being paid down. Well, guess what? That property is going to be worth twice what you paid for it. And if you made no money in the form of cash flow, your net worth would be substantially higher. That alone will make you more wealthy than everything else, all other things being equal, funding your retirement account at work or whatever. So should everybody strive to do this? There's no question. I mean, yeah, the answer is yes, obviously. Yeah. There's, there's no reason not to take these opportunities. They are there. They are there. They are right there. But look, are there things that you got to know about? Can you just, you know, bootstrap this? Because, you know, you pretty much know everything and you just go on the Internet. There's so much I could tell you about this in 30 years of doing it. I, I, I mean, it would take me a month, just a month. But, you know, one of the things you got to know is that where the risk is, one of your greatest risks is your tenants. Suing you. Yes. I mean, make no mistake. You own the property they rent. There is enormous animosity from they to you simply by virtue of the fact that they're renting and you own it. So all the all the handshaking and backslapping that you have with your wonderful tenant, make no mistake. They're dangerous. <laughs> so, listen, I hope this was helpful. Evan is always so wonderful with the questions and considerations we're able to cover as a result. I hope you consider this for yourself and change your mindset. We are Americans. Wealth is your right. And if you're greedy, perfect. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. 
This has been a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.